Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network. We're here with the finale of Breaking Bad. It is season five, episode sixteen, Felina. I can't believe we're actually here talking about this one, but we are. Um, directed, written by Vince Gilligan. You would expect no less. Um, aired on September the 29th. 2013 to an audience of 10.28 million, um, which is incredible to to think about. Really, yeah. I mean, so here we are. We've, we've reached the, uh, the the kind of end of Breaking Bad. This finale, this this much anticipated, much um, expected finale. Um, yeah, it's 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 just yeah. I'll keep saying it. it's hard to believe we're here, but I uh, can't wait to talk about all the details of this one. Uh, my name is Nick, and uh, why don't you lift your shirt up? And hello, this is David Lynn from the New York Times. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we, uh, we we talked through, you know, this episode at the end of our last episode and um, and our kind of initial thoughts about it. So it's good to be here to kind of get into some of the detail around these scenes. But uh, yeah, I think this is another one that kind of flies by. So much good stuff. Um, some incredible scenes, a lot of loose ends tied up. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, for, for my money, a pretty satisfying end to the show. I agree, and you say 10 million people watch this episode, so more than double the population in New Zealand watch this episode. Uh, just <laughs> put that into context. Um, yeah, like, it's it's great, and it's one of these things, though, where I don't know if I've really read enough online. I wasn't obviously watching this live. I think I remember the headlines of this because this was a TV show that made news headlines of it ending, uh, and I, I feel for the most part everyone was always satisfied with this ending. I don't know if this is an ending where I've ever seen people criticise it for, uh, which again is rare because generally an ending of a TV series will often have one side or the other, right? Like it's very rare that it's universally praised. But um, yeah, I, I've i always enjoyed the ending. I think it works well. Uh, spoiler alert, I think we always knew Walt's got to die. He does. Um, and we, we lose, what, three main characters in this episode dying. Uh, so is Lydia ever a main cast member? I don't think she I don't is. think so. And Todd isn't either. So, okay, well, technically we don't. But um, three prominent characters, one being the main, the most prominent, of course, of all. But, um, yeah, I think that uh, it, it's 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 a great ending. I think it kind of it ties up loose ends in the point where you're not really asking questions. Like, again, I know I'm contradicting myself what I said last week about Jesse that – you know, if you didn't have El Camino, you'd probably be asking more questions and not be as satisfied with Jesse. I, for one, am all on board a Skylar Marie spin-off where we see kind of the effects on family life for the White family uh, later on. I think that would be great. And maybe that's one day we'll get that with like the Holly Diaries or something like that and Walter <laughs> Jr. Like, I just think it would be fascinating to see how it still affects them because I can't imagine it's just a happy ending for them. It's not. Not like it's going to be a happy ending for Jesse at the end of El Camino either. But anyway, um, but yeah, I think it, it's, it ticks all the boxes. There's nothing, you're not leaving this with how I met your mother levels of anger. 
going, they fucked the show up with that stupid twist ending. Like, this is like, yeah, okay. that That's how Breaking Bad ends, and I'm completely fine with that. Yeah, and, and you know, I think um, there, there are definitely some criticisms, which I think we'll talk through as we as we go through the episode, but I think they are nitpicks as opposed to, you know, significant issues, um, you know, w- with the actual episode. So I, I reckon we kind of get into it. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely talk through those things as um, as we come to them. But, uh, yeah, this episode kind of you know, more or less kind of picks up where we, where we left the end of the last episode where we see kind of Walt, um, you know, kind of trying to find a car um, yeah, in New Hampshire that he can... Can, um, that he can get into and you see kind of like scratches out some of the, the snow in the, the corner of the window and sees that the door's unlocked and he gets in and uh, we see him trying to find a way to kind of um, hotwire this car he's using a screwdriver to try and do it and he can't manage to do it and um, and um, then we kind of just see the, the blur of the kind of police um, lights in the background you know, and obviously the car's completely surrounded by snow so he's just seen the kind of the lights as opposed to any particular kind of thing through the window and uh, we just see him kind of just kind of almost saying to himself you know please just get me home just get me home and um and that's when he kind of thinks to look at the visor and he kind of tips the visor down and, and sees there's a, a spare key there and um that kind of allows him to get going and he kind of you know hits the side of the window and all the snow falls off which is kind of a cool little shot which was apparently improvised by um by um Brian Cranston. <laughs> yeah it's cool um and 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 he's away and he's listening to um what's the name of the song well, the name of the song is El Paso by Marty Robbins um, and I think um, the the name of the woman he sings about in the song is called Felina. Felina it's, it's spelled yeah. slightly differently to to how it's spelled here, and they changed it so that it would be an anagram of finale. Uh, but that's a nice little touch there, really, to to kind of have that. So so yeah, we're kind of up and running with with Walt. We've got the old uh, um, the old um, dry ice and the and the plastic cage thing going on again in his mouth, which we talked about in a previous episode to kind of um, um, show that kind of condensation. So yeah, I think a, a few little old tricks being used to to get us up and running here but yeah i think it's a it's a great way to get us started he's you know we didn't want to kind of linger in new hampshire for too long we just wanted to kind of get on with the with getting him back to where he needs to be and we obviously know from some flash forwards that he's that's where he's headed anyway so nice not to spend too much time here but just establish that yep he's, he's ready to go i never understand and i know it's very much a movie tv trope but keys under the visor do people actually do that like i mean is this just a small town thing or something like that i i I don't know but um yeah i like this opening scene and as i think i said on the show before i'm not the big country music fan but i kind of like this song (laughs) like i kind of just like when he puts it i love it when he's going through the glove box and he's pulling things out and you just see this marty robbins tape just thrown on the uh the seat. I always wonder, like, I love it when they use a song in a, a TV show or a movie and it just all of a sudden, it's an old song, but then it just gets really popular all of a sudden. Like, how how much do you reckon Marty Robbins went up on iTunes after this episode? Yeah, yeah, basically? yeah. Well, I can, t- I can tell you that Baby Blue became a massive song after this, that's for sure. So, um, yeah, maybe, maybe not Marty Robbins, but definitely... Um some songs benefited from being on the Breaking Bad finale, should, that's for sure. Should, should have mentioned last week, I wonder how uh, rental and sales spikes of Mr. Magorium's Wonder Emporium went up after, <laughs> uh, after Granite State. Like, number one movie on Netflix, Mr. Magorium's Wonder Emporium. But, yeah, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot to add. It's a great sort of opening scene. It just kind of sets you up for what we're going to get. 
Yeah. Um, so you go through the credits for the last time and um, we cut back and we're, we're in New Mexico and we see him kind of pull up in the, um, the live free or die number plates. So we know he's just basically taken this car and driven to New Mexico and pulls up at a, a little kind of gas station here and fills up. And I, I love that little touch of him, um, you know, getting his, his medication and, and um, washing it down with water from the hose. <laughs> it's quite a nice touch. Like just really kind of fulfills the homeless look that he's got going on there. Um, and this is where we kind of see him make that phone call um, pretending to be from the New York Times, um, you know, and that he wants to um, get a photo of um, Elliot and Gretchen. So a nice little lie here to kind of um, get him up and running and, and, you know, kind of he obviously knows where their old address was, so he's able to kind of have an air of authenticity here, which he uses to to weasel their new address out of this person. Um, and we see him kind of write it on his hand and um, and then kind of hangs up and, and we see him kind of um, take off the watch that he got from, from Jesse and kind of leave it on the phone. And um, I think it's quite well known now that, you know, talking about what's the what's the meaning behind this, you know, like why is he leaving this here? Is it because he knows he's running out of time or, or whatever? But, um, you know, I think Vince Gilligan's been pretty open that actually they just, it was a continuity error that the, the kind of flash forwards that they had done um, in, you know, episode one and episode nine of the season, um, he wasn't wearing that watch. So they felt that they had to have a reason to, for him to take off the watch. It feels a bit clunky, like there were probably way better ways they could have just gotten rid of this watch other than to do what they do here but that's what they do so um, they try to make it I think a bit of a symbolic moment but it's actually just to try and um, clean up some continuity errors that maybe they've made I'm surprised they didn't go Star Wars and make a whole movie about a plot hole. Like, oh, how do they get a hole in the Death Star? Let's make a movie on it. Um, so <laughs> let's let's do uh, El Camino 2, a Breaking Bad story, the story behind Walt's watch not being worn. I, to be honest with you, I didn't even really pay that much attention to that scene, so I didn't realise it was a big fan debate over, like, why does he take the watch off? Um, but I, I like, kind of like this setup, and I, you know, I've always wondered, like, in my job as a journalist, like, it is pretty easy sometimes to just ring up a stranger and be like, hi, I'm from this publication. I'd like to do a story on you. Can I like, you never get people questioning your credentials. So like, and like even in doing this show and other podcasts, I literally write off to people, hi, I'd like to do an interview with people. And they say, yes, again, pretty much no one will question your credentials. So like, here's a tip to stalkers out there. If you want to stalk someone, pretend you're a journalist, <laughs> pretend you're a podcast host claim for an interview and you probably get access to them pretty easily so um yeah just just a weird thing i've always thought about my job and and walt kind of uh i guess proves this right oh, i'm from the new york times i'd like to do an interview sweet what's your address great i'll be there at five see you bye like it kind of works um, I, I trust the Oz Network to be handing out tips to stalkers. I'm not sure. Pro stalker uh, we, we, podcast, the Oz Network. Um, <laughs> you do you, stalkers. Keep up the good work. <laughs> so, yeah, and this kind of sets us up for, uh, you know, we go to um, Elliot and Gretchen's house and we see them kind of having this nice kind of house. jokey conversation as they kind of walk in here. Um, real house. Um, so, that, you know, this is not a set or anything like this. They actually just hired this house off somebody for the day um, and, and did all this filming. And it was a day because um, Jessica, like a hect or hate to whoever you say it um, was actually um, filming a uh, filming. She was in a, in a play on Broadway and um, they were very lucky to kind of get her for one day. So they had to basically do all these 
these scenes in one day while they had her there. And she kind of flew out from New York and did one day and then flew out again. So, yeah, they literally hired this for the day to kind of get all this done. And, and they kind of went late into the night. And I think the scenes, these scenes were kind of being filmed at like three in the morning and things like that to get it all done. So, yeah, yeah, interesting to kind of know that. But I love the kind of, you know, you see them kind of walk in and, and Walt kind of sitting in the shadows outside. And, um, you know, they, they kind of go into the house and turn the alarm off. And you kind of see that shot of, you know, kind of Walt walks in again in the shadows and then kind of does this kind of quite menacing kind of closing of the doors behind him and kind of just nonchalantly walks in and they're just continuing to to have this kind of conversation um, and he just kind of walks around and he's slowly just kind of looking at you know looking at photos and, and kind of having a bit of a look and um, and it takes him a while to realize he's actually there and then obviously once they do you know um, Gretchen kind of screams and and um, this is kind of where we get into you know that we've got Walt here, and and um, you know it's what do you want? No, well, actually, it's I've got something for you, but it's in my car. I couldn't, couldn't get up past the gate, so let's all go down together and get it. And um, the three of them kind of bring in all this money. That's uh, you know eleven million, or sorry, is it nine million? Not. 9.72 million. Yeah, 9.2. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And and basically he says that uh, what I want you to do for me is that I want you to um, basically give this to um, to my children, um, you know, and, and basically give it to Walter Jr. on his 18th birthday, which is nine months away. Um, and, you know, like if there's, you will find a way to do this, you know, nobody will think any less of, of you guys for giving this money away. That you know, Nobody's going to question where it came from. Um, if there's any legal fees or anything you need to do, it will come out of here. This is my money and this is something you're going to do for me um, and 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 um, yeah basically he, he gets him to agree to it and, and to shake on it um, and um, basically then says look just as a bit of an insurance policy you know I once I'm gone, if you don't do this, I've hired two assassins to um, to kind of follow you. So if you don't do this, um, you know, this is what's going to happen. And we see these kind of um, these laser points on the two of them. Um, and, and, and yeah, and it's basically like if you don't do what I need, then they will be out there and they will get you eventually. So that is my insurance policy to make sure you do as you are told. Um, and, uh, yeah, we kind of see him leave um, and he kind of gets in the car and um, we see uh, Badger and Skinny Pete who were the, the real culprits behind the laser with these two cheap lasers laser pointers which is actually what they use they were actually laser pointers for the scene um, so it wasn't any kind of special effect or anything special they had to do they literally went to a you know a, a bargain basement store mm-hmm. and bought two laser pointers and used them um, and and yeah so um, yeah, just interesting that it's as basic as that they uh, they get you know I, I love that thing like I don't feel good about this and then he gives them 10k each and says how do you feel now and he says oh I feel better mm-hmm. um, yeah and and then they um, well asked about if the, the blue sky is still out on the market it and they say yes it is and they thought it was him and uh, and Walt kind of has that that line of like it's Jesse and uh, and you know Badger and Skinny Pete thought that he was in Alaska so they didn't think it was him so yeah I think great scene to kind of set this up and it's you know I think this is one that's remembered a lot you know this kind of final scene with Elliot and Gretchen um, has been you know a, a really big scene that kind of sets up that you know Walt wants that that money to go to his family he's going to find a way to do it one way or another um, and he does this here so yeah I, I think it's it, it's 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 a really really effective. It kind of answers the question of you know how's Walt going to make sure that this money that he does have is going to get to his family. He's figured that out, and now we can move on with what becomes a bit of a almost like a revenge plot from this point onwards. You know, but um, but yeah, he's he's done the thing he needed to do. So yeah, it's it's kind of a really critical kind of um, plot point here. 
And I've marked it down as a potential top five. I just think, yeah, like I don't know if you just do the whole sequence or just the, the bit of them being held hostage because I just love the build-ups. I love Walt creepily walking in the house. I love Walt's obsession with like the door. Like he looks at the door and he's like, oh, nice door. And then he looks at the wall and he's like, oh, nice wall. Like it's just kind of Walt going, okay, they've, they've done well for themselves because they've got sturdy doors and walls. That's a, it's a sign of wealth. Um, but I just I love kind of the bit where Elliot's like got the knife and he's just like, threatening and shaking his hand like such a you just believe these two would kind of be like that and i just love what's like you're gonna need a bigger knife like a bit crocodile run d there from walt why not <laughs> um but yeah like i kind of just like the way this is set up and because ultimately we want them to get some money to to walt jr and that at the end and this is kind of come about this way but again i guess i could question why don't they just go to the police but again if they think they're going to get shot by a hitman then of course they're probably not going to go to the police but, uh, yeah, I, I like it. And I kind of think that, as I said last week, like you feel that we've always said these two feel like they're a much more important part of the show than they ultimately are because we only see them in a few scenes. But, uh, I mean, they really are important, I guess, to the character of Walt. So it kind of almost makes sense we need a bit of a conclusion to them in some way. But I love seeing Skinny Pete and Badger back for an episode. Like I know we get him in El Camino when we talk about that in a couple of weeks. So kind of it's like, well, you know, we see him again. But, like, I just, I just, I'm glad that you got, like, them for like a real brief little moment. Um, we're just like, oh, we feel really bad about this. Oh, no, I feel good now. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I like it. And glad, great to see our final Skinny Pete and Badger moment in this show as well. Yeah, I think it is really good. And, um, you know, it, it's nice to kind of um, have these, you know, th- these kind of fun characters who haven't been kind of main characters, but they're kind of what makes a show you know, really great is having this kind of cast of, of fun characters that can kind of come in and out. And, and when they are there, they're really, you know, making the scene better. So, yeah, it, it is great to have them. They really, really enjoy that. Um, yeah, there's um, the, the, the funny little scene here, where, you know, where they basically got the, the laser pointers on them. And um, just listen to the commentary was quite funny because apparently they had to digitally add um, a couple of extra seconds of um, the the laser pointer onto Elliot because apparently the, the whoever the crew who was doing the laser pointing they literally turned the, the laser pointers off on the same frame yeah. and it looked like it was actually fake so they actually did have to fake it to make it look real which is quite interesting. I um, um I I didn't that's cool I gonna say I want to say I love laser pointers I've always had a weird obsession with laser pointers <laughs> like um I just I just really like them so whenever I'm like in a dollar store and I say like two dollars for a laser pointer I'll buy one I've probably got like fifty laser pointers in boxes somewhere that just die after a while but when you got a cat laser pointers are great to say yeah yeah um yes that's very true um yeah right so we kind of move on to the scene i talked a little bit about in the last episode that i really love which is kind of like this dreamlike uh jesse you know, montage which kind of goes back to it's not a montage so just a scene and kind of goes back to you know he, he talked about this um in one of his uh therapy sessions with our good friend Jer. um oh, back where's in the Jer day. come back in the finale come on <laughs> a breaking bad spinoff for Jer potentially but uh, yeah it's a base yeah, and so we kind of see, um, you know, Jesse in this this kind of dreamlike state making this um, this wooden box, which is a really cool scene, which he talked about. You know, he, he made this box for his mother, and then, um, you know, and he, he spent so much time getting it right and polishing it and, and doing all of that, and then ended up selling it for drug money. And so this is kind of this, this dreamlike state of, of, you know, a nice, clean Jesse, you know, kind of making this this wooden box and polishing it up and um 
and I just love the lighting on it too. It's almost like this kind of like dawn, heavenly kind of, um, yeah, it's, it's just really, really cool. And then kind of like towards right at the end of the scene, it kind of like his, his apron gets a little bit caught and then that kind of like jolts him back into a real life where he's, you know, he's in the lab. And obviously we've had that time lapse that we uh, we talked about in the last episode. So Jesse's now been here for several months and, and, and it looks like it, you know, like he is absolutely kind of like hair and beard everywhere. And, um, and, and yeah, he's just like is in a complete state and he just like the, the kind of zombie jesse is really here as he's kind of making this meth so yeah it's just this kind of um this this establishing scene of what's happened to poor old jesse um and the kind of the, the time since we last saw him um and then we kind of just go back and re-establish a couple of those those flash forward points that we've seen in, in episode one and nine of season five which is you know walt at the uh, at the denny's with his with his bacon and eggs and then back at his house picking up the rice and um and the only thing that kind of adds here is there's a little bit of a, an addition where they kind of have a, a flashback to that initial scene you know um of of um hank talking about the doing a, a drug bust um you know going all the way back to the pilot episode which is a nice little touch it's you know it's, i think it's probably easier in these these kind of um finales to kind of do these kind of um flashbacks and, and all that kind of stuff and and i think breaking bad's always been a show that hasn't done a lot of that um which i've really appreciated but they do it here and it and it's, you know, works. It's really good of kind of establishing the, the, the journey that Walt has been on. So, yeah, I, I do really like that we kind of go back to that. Um, and amazing how people's fashions have changed in the seven years mm. or so since that was that was filmed. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I do just really like it. Just the re-establishing here of a couple of scenes that we've already seen, putting them back in their correct time frame here as we kind of move forward so all those pieces are kind of clicked in and you know i think this was a real at the time where as this was happening you know like fans were really sleuthing their way through this trying to figure out you know when does this happen and when does that happen so kind of putting all these little scenes back into this finale makes a lot of sense to me when we talked a lot about season two being very structured was season five very structured like if they can do this in the opening episode and do it in the end like did they know everything that was happening in between like they did in season two is that being talked about no, definitely not. Um, you know, like I think they've deliberately said that, you know, they didn't actually know what was going to happen, you know, with that machine gun, with what was going to happen, what Walt's you know, fate was going to be. They didn't know, you know right to the moment where Hank's opening that diary and, and seeing the, you know, the Gales writing, they didn't know how they were going to end it even from that point onwards. So they'd set themselves up. And I think kind of um, Vince Gilligan's talked a little bit about it. it was like a deliberate painting themselves into a corner. Like they would kind of enjoy the challenge of how are we going to work our way to a, a you know, a satisfying mm-hmm. ending, um, which feels incredibly risky to me, but it yeah. obviously works Bloody for hell. the writing team. So, so yeah, I, I um, you've really got to appreciate that, I think. Yeah, for sure. I um just this scene with Jesse in the box, like the way it's filmed, and like we always bring up Dexter, but like I've talked about before, like the iconic opening of Dexter, how you got that real zoom in close shot of like him just like cutting bacon and flossing his teeth. Like this isn't the super zoom on that, but there's something weirdly satisfying about watching, uh, you know, Jesse craft this box with the varnish and like you know making it smooth and just making it so perfect, and how much he almost loves this box. Like it's just um. Yeah, it's great, and I kind of like that sort of transition into disheveled zombie Jesse. Um, and yeah, like I like the fact that they kind of do all this with the whole tying in with the flashback scenes and the and the rice, and, and then even a little flashback with uh, with Hank. So I guess technically, technically, we kind of do get Hank in the last two episodes. We get Hank's voice last week when he questions um, Jesse in the video about Todd. And then we get the flashback of Hank this week. So, I mean, obviously, Dean Norris is still getting his uh, check because he's still credited as a main star. 
But, um, you know, it's still interesting. They kind of do incorporate him in the last two episodes in some weird way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, he's obviously a... um um, you know, a main character right to the end, even though he was killed off a couple of episodes ago. So yeah, it's it's kind of nice to be able to have that nod back to him in this this final episode without having to kind of get into it too much. So yeah, no, it's good. Um, our kind of next scene is is at the cafe, and uh, we kind of get um, you know another meet up between um, Todd and Lydia here, um, and you know we see kind of Lydia come in um, and you know orders her tea and and sees that there's only one stevia pack, and I think she kind of you know asks for another one, um, which is obviously going to be an important important moment here um, in terms of the, the stevia packet and all that kind of stuff um, and um, you know it's kind of sitting down with Todd um, and um, we kind of see kind of Walt saunter on over without making too much you know putting too much attention on himself and he kind of just sits down and is like you know just hear me out it's going to be kind of two minutes and talks about that he's desperate for desperate for money and he needs to have a meeting with um, with um, Uncle Jack and the crew you know he's got a way of, of making meth without methylamine um, all he wants is one million which is nothing compared to what they'll make from it um and so yeah just just hear me out it's a it's a it's a good opportunity here um and um you know i i think todd's pretty reluctant but uh, lydia kind of says i oh, know you should have that meeting tonight um yeah and 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 so basically that's what's going to happen and um the, the the waiter comes over and basically kind of says i oh, know yeah Lydia says, "Oh, you know, he's about to leave," um, and so they they kind of talk about it afterwards, and and um, and and kind of that's where you kind of see her kind of stirring, have that real kind of long shot of the kind of stirring of the the stevia, which is actually rice, and into that cup of tea. So um, again, we're just kind of establishing here that um, you know that that basically. Um, Walter's trying to get an in to get into the into the compound so that he can talk with Uncle Jack. Um, he doesn't need this money. It's not something that's that that he is after here. It's just that setup so that he can get in. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think it's a, a you know a good little scene to kind of establish what happens. And we obviously don't see him planting this the the rice in at this point. We uh, that's something we find out later. But um, yeah, I think yeah he kind of talks about Lydia having this this real kind of regimented pattern, which is obviously what allows him to be able to do this and, and succeed at, at poisoning her. Yeah, very lucky that somebody didn't all of a sudden just steal her table, like little Granny Doris. It's yeah. kind yeah. of like, oh, I'm going to get some stevia in my table. <laughs> Dies. Um, yeah, I, the thing I actually will say I like about this is, and again, you know, I'm not a big uh, Lydia fan, but again, I've never had a problem um, with uh, uh, her name. Uh, Laura Fraser, thank you. Um you know, I think she does it well. And I think kind of just the way that both her and Jesse Plemons react as uh, Walt comes and sits down is great because you just see that sort of panic and confusion and even kind of like, and again, I think this is a good part where you know the passage of time has happened because Todd almost seems like before he was all like doe-eyed with Walt, like, wow, Mr. White, I want to learn from you. Now he's kind of almost just like, like, what are you doing here? Go away. We don't need you, you know? So I kind of, I, I, I like that fact of it. Um, But yeah, I, I, it's an important scene, I think, given to know that we, we've sort of talked about Lydia last week, like, is she really necessary at this point? But if you're going to do what you're going to do with her in this episode, you need to kind of see how that happens. Um, and also, obviously, setting up Walt just can't show up at Jack's compound candy. So, um, yeah, you've got to, it's it's important setup to kind of have them, uh, yeah, move forward with this. 
Mm. Um, we get this this little scene where we see Walt kind of um, putting this device together with, um, yeah, you kind of see various different things like a battery and, you know, like pneumonic things. It's a robot. Kind of it's being what put Jesse together. wanted, remember? Yeah. <laughs> it's what he's always wanted the whole time. Uh, I mean, critically, you actually don't see the gun here, do you? I don't think. You just see kind of this, this thing. Being, it's like a garage door opener or something, isn't it? Um, the gun's kind of sitting next together. to it, but you don't see him yeah. like putting the gun on there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, like as he kind of leans over the kind of wedding ring kind of that's that's on the necklace kind of falls out um and um and and yeah so he kind of notices that um one of the things about this is i think i talked about this a couple of episodes ago but this was literally filmed kind of like over the ridge from where the uh, the hank death scene was you know that was all shot in a relatively kind of um you know local locations from each other like they didn't have to do a lot of traveling to do this so so yeah it's a, it's a great little scene um that one again probably same as the last one a little bit of establishing um but now we move into um um, a, a, a pretty massive scene here, which is, you know, we see Skylar in this uh, this apartment that she's now in, and she's got the got those those horrible uh, paintings are still up. Um, obviously, we don't have Walt anymore, but we still got Skylar and Walt Junior there. Those paintings um, in this new apartment, and uh, we see her get a phone call from um, from Marie, and Marie saying basically that you know they've got reports that Walt's in town, so you know. Yeah, he he's got, he will probably come to see you. So, um, in, you know, basically be be on, be on the lookout. But obviously, he's not going to be able to just walk in past those cops. Um, so yeah, it's just really like Marie just just you know giving giving her a warning. Um, and basically saying that you know these cops are, are at Walt Junior's school as well. So everybody's you know on the lookout. And we see kind of Skylar hang up. Um, and then kind of the the, the camera kind of pans a little bit, and we see that during that whole conversation Walt had been standing there so it's a it's a good kind of way that they frame the shot so that he's kind of standing behind a beam so you don't actually know he's there in the initial kind of um, shot that we get um, so yeah it's really really good she kind of says to him look you know you've got five minutes um, and um, yeah and, and basically this is him he kind of you know says he didn't want to leave things as they were in that last phone call that wasn't the right thing to do um, you know and and um, y- y- you know that the the police are coming from he knows it um and 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 then we kind of get him um give the information i don't have i don't have any money i can't give you anything except this which is the the lotto ticket which is the the coordinates to to where hank is and and um gomi are buried and i, I like kind of um the reaction from from yeah. anna gun from skylar when when he says that because you know they've, they've known it but here it is confirmed and you know and he makes the point as well of like i didn't do it you know like it was that they they murdered they murdered him and they took my money um i took our money i think he says you know so i think it's that that real thing there and um and, and you know and, he, and this is where he kind of moves into that thing where he says you know starts to say you know the things i did and she says oh you know if i have to hear one more time that you did this for the family and he cuts her off saying i did it for me i liked it i was good at it and it made me feel alive which i think is kind of the you know the crux of the whole show really um of him actually being honest for the first time about why he was doing this and um yeah i just i love it i think it's a, a really really you know great way that they kind of um that they that they kind of let this information come out so yeah I, I think it i think it's really great i think there's a story here which has probably been told in a few of the extras and commentaries and whatnot but the the cameraman who who filmed this who had been with the show basically for its entire run apparently was in tears when they finished filming this and you know mm. like he'd been through the, the full journey with them and and you know this is the one that kind of brought him to tears um and um yeah and, and then kind of walt says oh before 
before I go, you know, is it, can I can I see Holly? And we kind of you know transition into the bedroom where she is, and and you know, he kind of says his goodbyes to to Holly, which is really really sad. Um, so so yeah, I think in all, it's kind of just I think this is the moment where we kind of just have that um, that transition where you know we've we've hated Walt, and you know like he's there's nothing he can do now that can give or excuse what he's done, but you know like he he is now trying to make things right in his own head, and and it kind of goes to the end of the show of like, are you happy that he dies? Are you, are you or you know do you think he should have been arrested and, and all that kind of stuff and I think here you know like he's doing his best to kind of end things on his term but make sure he does the right thing that he can um, and so yeah I, I I think it's just it's it's really really good I think both these guys are just knocking this out of the park I think just the framing of the shot I think just yeah so, so much of this is, is really well done the writing's really really impressive um, and yeah I think one of the things too is that we're in this new location and so we're actually having to see these guys kind of interact in a, in a different location for the first time which is not always easy for actors who get used to certain environments where they act and, and have scenes together so yeah I can't speak highly enough of this scene I think it's a really great way for these two to kind of end and, and obviously that is what it is you know look this is the last time that these two will be on screen together so it's kind of a, a farewell to both of them um, in, in terms of, of their you know their um, their chemistry on screen together and, and their performances together so yeah I, I, I don't think you could um, walk away from this and, and not feel affected by it and, and be impressed with what you see on screen. Yeah, I mean, outside of the um, sort of the scene where he's got the gun prepping it, like basically the last half of this episode is two scenes. You know, you've got kind of Skylar and Walt and then you've got and had the final sequence, like, and it, but it goes by really quickly. I mean, I've marked this, again, obviously as a potential top five moment. I think it's a great scene and you need to have these two kind of having a moment together. Marie's last scene as well. Um, and they've done something like, I, I, I mean, I don't know, you haven't really talked much about your crush on Betsy Brandt recently, but like there's just, there's something about her on the phone, which it almost looks like this has been a passage of time. Like she kind of looks a bit different. Like, I, I don't know if that was just a hair's a bit different or something along those lines, but well, um, and she's not wearing purple either. She's wearing like white, doesn't she? So she's, um, you know, she's discarded the usual purple as well. So that makes her look quite different. I think maybe that's it. But, um, yeah, like, I just love this scene between Skylar and Walt. Like, I just, I fucking love that line from Walt. The, I liked it, you know, I was good. I just, I just liked that. Like, just kind of him admitting finally that, you know, like, I did it because I was good at it and I liked it, you know. Yeah, it was about the money, but at the same time it was this. And, um, again, this as I've constantly said about Skylar, like, I just, I kind of want to see um, what happens to Skylar from this point on because it's like, well, what does happen to Skylar from this point on? Um, and I also like the moment when you see Walt just kind of staring through the window and seeing Walter Jr. coming out. The last time he gets to see his son, it's kind of like a nice little moment there. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's again, as much as I do want to see more than Sky, more of Skylar, like, I, I don't think you could do much more than this. Like, it's kind of, it's a nice ending for her. It's a nice ending for Walt Jr. Um, you know, we kind of got his last scene really last week and just kind of see him once more here. So... Yeah, and like Holly as well. Like it's good to kind of get a nice little moment where he's got there with Holly as well. So it's kind of interesting that this is the last Marie, the last Skylar, the last Walt Jr., the last Holly, and I'm satisfied with it all because, I mean, it's obviously going to lead us into, what, like a 16-minute final scene basically, um, which kind of all ties it all together. But, yeah, I I, I love this. I think it's all great. Yeah, and and I think, um, you, you know, that whole thing about, how you end a story and, and we talked last week about um about 
Saul, you know, and, and how he kind of mm. just walks out and are we happy with that? And yes, we are. And I think, you know, I think there's definitely part of me that almost would like to see a little bit more of, of kind of, you know, what happens with Skylar um, because I think it's quite sad to see her kind of, you know, reduced to this, you, you know, like this this apartment and, and so much of her life has been just, um, you know, completely torn apart because of what Walt has done. And, you know, so I, I, part of me would have really liked to have seen more of that, but um, I think it's the right place to kind of leave it. Um, and, and yeah, I think this is just a phenomenal scene. I think we'll definitely be talking about this one next week when we talk about top five scenes because it, it really is just such a great closing for these two characters. And, um, you know, I mean, it's not a, we, we're definitely not doing, um, you know, like a, a eulogy of them because they're not, they're, you know, they're not dying. But Skylar's been a great character for the show, I think. Um, you know, just one that has really just, you know, divided the fans at some point, but I think has actually just really added so much. And, um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about Anna Gunn and how is she not somebody that's just like a, a massive star, um, you know, and that might be her own choice in terms of how much she actually wants to work but um yeah i think she is just such a phenomenal actress it's um it's hard to believe that she's not you know like one of the the most talked about actresses in hollywood really because she is just so good yeah no i completely agree and i'm glad you're sort of mentioning her and again you don't usually eulogize a character that doesn't die but i mean i like i've never really gotten the skylar hate i've just i've always always baffled me and like i mean outside of the whole having an affair with ted storyline i just i i I get on board with everything that skylar does and even weirdly can understand why she does what she does with ted in a stupidly weird way even though i hate it um but it's just anna gunn's incredible i just think you couldn't have this without skylar i just i just i just annoys me that so many people hate on her so much because i just think she's so good and she's so important to the character of Walt again. And I just think it just works so well. So yeah, I, I, I will forever love Anna Gunn. I, I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else outside of Breaking Bad. I just, I can't think of anything I've seen with her. Um, so, and that again, you know, we've talked a lot about, as you just said there, that she hasn't really gone on to massive things. And again, it could be her choice. We sit on the show and defend like, Oh, why isn't Julian McMahon and Dylan Walsh? Because I mean, it could just be their thing. Maybe they're like, I don't want to be like, I, I, I want to be in shitty network shows like FBI most wanted and blue bloods. Um, good for them if that's what they want to do. But, um, yeah, it's, I, I would, Brian Cranston's been nominated for an Oscar since being on breaking bad. I think Anna Gunn is a thoroughly deserving Oscar nominee, potential winner. if She did movies and more so things like that. But again, maybe it's not her choice. Maybe she doesn't want to do that. So, um, yeah, Anna Gunn is amazing. And, um, yeah, top five character for me in this show. I, I love Skylar and I love Anna Gunn. Yeah, um, we we talked a little bit about. It. I think she's on. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but basically the American version of Broadchurch, um, which was a, right. you know, quite a big show in the UK, and um, they did basically a remake. And David Tennant went was in the remake of that, the American remake, and she she played the um, Olivia Coleman character. Um, and even though I've seen Broadchurch and really enjoyed it, it did make me want to watch that once I knew she was the main character, which I think was the thing that probably came hot on the heels of Breaking Bad. And then it feels like nothing much as we haven't seen much of her since. And yeah, yeah, it, it, it is a, it is a real show. Grace Point I... is the name of that show. Um, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I was just going to say I actually have seen her in a few things weirdly because I didn't realize she was in this. She was in the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Junior. Uh, she was in Enemy of the State, and she was in Sully, that one with Tom Hanks about the right. pilot. So I yeah. have seen her in a few things, uh, and apparently it was in ER, an episode of ER, and Judging Amy. So I would have seen her in those. So I would have seen her in things. I just didn't realize that I was yeah. seeing her in things at the time because ultimately yeah. there are actors that you see that you don't realize are going to go on to be massive things, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So we're into our kind of final scene here. And like you say, it's a, it's a big one. So I'll probably just try to break it down in pieces and, and stop and chat about well, it rather than try and. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I've got two sections here as potential top fives. I mean, you could legitimately say the entire last 16 minutes. But yeah, there are two things here, which I think are the separate ones you can make for top five arguments. But yeah. Just yeah, well, I think we kind of, you know, the the establishing bit is a kind of we see him kind of pull up and um and Kenny kind of, you know, brings him in and they have this kind of stupid chat about you know what type of car is it and things like that and uh and, and he kind of comes in and um you know they they pat him down um and, and basically there's lots of kind of long lingering shots on the um the, the keys and the garage door opener which is obviously going to be quite important um so yeah we kind of we kind of see him come in and he kind of meets with Jack and um and and you know rather than parking where he's supposed to park he parks right out in front of the the building which you know, annoys Kenny but he kind of doesn't really do too much about it um and yeah so he gets out and he gets he gets frisks frisked and, and to make sure there's any guns or weapons or anything on him and um and uh, they take his keys and his wallet off and they say you you know you'll get it back type of thing um but but yeah and they they make him lift his shirt make sure he doesn't have a wire anything like that kind of comes in and, and sees jack and you know jack gives him a bit of a hard time about how he looks you know he says you know got a full head of hair you know other than that you look like shit but you know mm. like uh got your full head of hair um and um, basically says that, you know, like about this kind of cooking method and, and Jack says he's not interested. They, you know, they want to get out of the business. Um, and, um, and and basically says, oh, you know, you're going to run out of methylamine. So, um, you know, you won't be able to produce the, the, the required product that you need. Um, and and basically kind of ends up um, you know, saying that they can get the methylamine through, through Lydia, that they, they get a barrel, you know, as and when they kind of need it type of thing. Um, and, you know, we kind of get Todd makes that, that point about, you know, you shouldn't have come here. It was a mistake to come here, Mr. White type of thing. Um, and, um, you know, basically the, the gun comes out and it looks like it's all about to go bad. And, and then Walt, you know, has has a bit of a go at Jack and says that, you know, like you promised me something and I know that Jesse is still alive. I know your partner's with him. And this kind of has a real impact on Jack, doesn't it? Like Jack is really like, I'm not partners with this guy. Does this, you know, like go and get him. And so, you know, um, Jesse kind of gets dragged over to, uh, you know, to, to be shown to, to Walt and says, does this kind of look like a partner to you? Um, and, and you know, we kind of have this face down between the two of them where uh, Walt kind of, you know, I should say in the meantime, Walt, while people haven't been looking and has been able to kind of grab that uh, that garage door opener and his keys quietly without anybody noticing. And kind of then when he sees Jesse, kind of tackles Jesse to the ground. It kind of looks like, starts to see what looks like a bit of a fight. Um, and and then that's when he kind of like pushes him to the ground and he, and he um, lets the machine gun go. And so basically like the machine gun just like kind of cuts through the the building and, and you know, you just see the, 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 um, the, the, the trunk lid kind of pops open and you see this gun just kind of go off once Walt kind of hits the button and yeah, the bullets just are spraying everywhere. Everybody gets, you know, shot down, kind of cuts through, you know, it, it must be a pretty powerful gun because that's a big kind of concrete building basically. Yeah. And it kind of just cuts straight through them. Um, and yeah, so get some kind of great shots here. And, and yeah, I, I love that they've got this chair, this kind of massage chair that kind of goes up and down. And so you see this guy who's in it, that's actually been shot, but he's still been kind of moved upwards and down. I always keep thinking um, he's alive when you see afterwards, I'm keep thinking like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah. And, and obviously kind of in all of this is that, um, you know, even though they were lying down, um, Walt takes a couple of bullets to the side um, and, you know, basically he's kind of lying on Jesse to protect him, um, you know, but, but takes a couple of bullets um, in, in the process. So um, I think that's probably a good place to stop and then we can kind of go into um, the, the rest of the scene from there. Yeah, I mean, 
well, the one question I've always had is why do they want to kill Walt? Like, I, I, I don't understand why they straight away are like, let's get a gun and kill him. Like, because, I mean, they've been pretty civil to Walt the whole time. I mean, they even gave him a barrel of money. So, I don't know. But, again, like, he's been gone for a while. He's a modern fugitive. So, I mean, he's a bit unhinged and clearly he knows he sold him out a little bit or Jesse did. So, I guess that makes sense. But, um, yeah, I just kind of like the setup with all this sort of stuff and, uh, I love Jack not wanting blood on his floor or something like that. Like, just not on my carpet in here. Like, do it somewhere else. Um, so, and, like, I think it's a bit of Jack's kryptonite, isn't it, that he's kind of almost like Marty McFly and that yeah, you never call Marty McFly that, chicken. Yeah. You say you, you, he doesn't deal with rats. Like, because uh, we've had that earlier on, like, he gets questioned about rats and then all of a sudden he, like, when I think Walt says, like, are you partners with a rat? And then we had that um, last week when he was about to kill Jesse is when he saw that he was a rat. Basically, he ratted out Todd to uh, Hank. So that's that's his chicken Marty McFly moment. He doesn't like yeah. dealing with rats, basically. Um, but yeah, like it's it's so like it's. It, I think I remember watching this for the first time and not picking up on like the subtleties of him parking the car a certain way. And like, okay, the keys are a little bit obvious, but even when he attacks Jesse, I don't think when I first watched it, I was thinking like, oh, he's actually saving him. Like he's not, just, you know, attacking him. So it's pretty epic and it's a pretty awesome way to go down and just the way it kind of goes about that way and just everybody getting shot. It's pretty brutal. It's pretty graphic. And I love how they kind of like leave Todd and Jack to not get killed in all of this kind of kerfuffle because we're going to need to have a certain thing come that way yeah. in just a moment. But yeah, yeah, I've obviously marked this shootout as a top five. Uh, this is kind of one of the two bits from this final 16 minutes or so, which I think is a, is a key thing, um, which I get, but again, it's tricky because you can kind of like, yeah. I think it's important to like l- include the Jesse um, Walt stuff, which we're about to get to. But then obviously the, I'll just spoil it. The last top five I've got is the final scene. I think a final scene of any TV show is always, always an automatic uh, potential nominee for a, a top five moment. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how you'd separate that if we were to include Yeah, those, it's, it's going to be yeah. quite hard because I think we're going to want to have a discussion about this as a top five, but which bits of it is, is going to be quite difficult. Because yeah, obviously then we kind of get into, you know, we've got all these kind of, um, basically everybody's been shot, but um, you know, Jack's been kind of, basically mortally wounded but he's still alive um and um todd's managed to to kind of miss any of these bullets and um you kind of see him kind of like you know peer through the blinds to see what's happening we see kind of like the car the back of the car is all being like shot out and it's in flames which is a really cool image i think um and then as he's kind of looking you see jesse kind of jumps into action behind him and 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 kind of you know wraps the the chain around his throat and they kind of have this tussle on the floor and it's uh yeah it's 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 pretty pretty a pretty brutal way to kind of show this and uh, it's quite interesting in the making of that basically they designed this necklace basically that would kind of look like a chain around um jesse Plemons' throat um so that obviously there was not going to be any danger of anything happening here but yeah i think it was just quite a cool way of kind of showing that um and and yeah i think it's it's I think there's something about choking scenes that are always really kind of quite effective to kind of see them, you know, like it's not blood and all that kind of stuff. And that kind of takes us all the way back to crazy eight, doesn't it? Of him being choked out with the, with the bike lock all the way back in season one. So yeah, it's a, it's a kind of an effective way, but anyway, Jesse finishes the job and, and kind of breaks his neck in the process. You kind of hear that kind of snap, don't you? So, um, so yeah, it's, yeah, no, it's, it's a kind of really, um, effective way of kind of seeing this character go out. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, he's been a pretty, pretty hideous character so to see the end of him is uh, is probably a good thing in the meantime um we've got um jack kind of you know like stumbling around 
Now, as I say, he's kind of mortally wounded, probably was going to die anyway, but uh, Walt kind of points a gun at him and, and um, we see Jack saying, oh, if you kill me, you'll never know where your money is, or at least he tries to. And, and uh, you know, mirroring on from, from Hank's death, he doesn't get to the end of the sentence because Walt just shoots him at point blank range. We get that great kind of blood splatter effect oh, on, the, that, on, on the, the camera. camera, which is great. Awesome. Um, yeah, so, so that's really cool. So yeah, Jack and Jesse are both gone here as well. So kind of everybody at this compound is now dead, um, apart from Jesse and, and Walt. And we kind of see that uh, you know, Jesse's managed to um, to um, find the keys on on Todd and, and get all of his uh, his handcuffs and everything off. And um, we see him kind of pick up a gun and point it at Walt. We have this kind of great kind of final moment between the two of them. Um, and uh, Jesse kind of obviously notices that uh, that Walt's got a you know got a bullet wound in his side, so it's probably not going to be you know not going to be good for him anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, basically they kind of have this this kind of stare down, don't they? It's kind of like a kind of silent stare down. Um, and um, and and you know Walt kind of just looks at him and kind of nods in a way of like you know you can do it. And Jesse and Jesse um, yeah and says that you 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 want this. And Jesse kind of says no, nothing happens until you admit that you want it. Um, to which Walt says yes, I do I do want it. And we see Jesse kind of drops the gun and says I oh, would do it yourself. Um, so yeah, I think it's a, it's a great kind of final kind of confrontation between the two of them and they both kind of uh, leave. Um, we see as as they're leaving, we kind of see um, um, Todd's phone ringing with that Lydia song um, on, the, on the phone. So Lydia's obviously calling him and so Walt answers that phone and we see that Lydia's calling to us, Todd, if, if he's gone. Uh, you know, obviously referring to Walt and Walt says, yeah, Todd is gone and um, talks about, that. you know, you're not feeling well and we obviously see Lydia's not feeling well. Um, you're under the weather and he says, that's the rice and I gave you that you put in instead of that stevia crap. Um, and so, yeah, we know that Lydia's been, been poisoned in a way that's probably not going to be good for her. Um, and so, yeah, we can put two and two together that, that she's going to die. Um, and yeah, and then the kind of t- the two of them are kind of outside the compound now, and we see Jesse kind of over at this car, and they have kind of one like, final look at each other, and there's kind of this like nod to each other as Jesse gets in the car, and we get that real kind of famous, you know, Jesse, you know, kind of screaming as he drives off and smashes through those gates, and, and he's gone. And that's the last we see of Jesse um, on Breaking Bad. Um, as- drives off um and then it just kind of leaves us with well we kind of he heads over to where the lab was and uh, the kind of the the baby blue song starts playing up as as we kind of see walt um walking amongst the you know this this um this meth lab and uh, he's kind of taking it all in and um yeah we kind of see him kind of you know, very lovingly kind of looking at all this equipment um you know, and he kind of lays a hand on it and, um, you know, picks up the mask and, and all that kind of stuff and then eventually kind of collapses on the floor um, and we kind of just see the, the kind of the camera pans upwards as, as, you know, Walt dies and and the police kind of surround him um, and that's our kind of final shot of Breaking Bad. Um, yeah, hard, I can feel I'm saying it. Um, but, but yeah, that, that is the end of it. So it's a lot kind of crammed into the end there. But, it, yeah, I think it's, it's all really, really good stuff and... Um, just so many great scenes and great music choices and yeah just just so much about it that i absolutely love do you just quickly before i talk about it, do you remember watching this live for the first time and think yeah oh, totally I, I yeah I, well i had a friend i was watching this with and um and you know i think we had like uh, i think we had the last two episodes kind of like you know like we were downloading them or whatever you know um and so it was like okay like we're gonna watch the two of them and and um i think like I think she was like falling asleep at the end of the like at the end of the first one, the, the start of the second one. I was like, should I wait? And I was like, nah, 
screw it, I'm watching the whole thing. And so, I re- yeah, I remember watching this. And so I binged the last two episodes together. And, um, yeah, I just I remember just really loving this. I thought it was the, the right ending for the show at the time. And I, and I still do think it is the right ending. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. And I think that just, like, I love kind of this whole section here. Like, I, for some reason, I always thought Todd survived. I don't know why, because then I, I think I just got warped because of El Camino. And I'm like, well, he's in El Camino, so obviously he survives. But, like, no, like, that's we'll get to that in a couple of weeks of why he's in El Camino. But, um, yeah, I just, I love, like, Jesse killing him. And I, I love this death of Jack because, again, we mentioned this last week. Like, does it make sense? Like, what happens to his money? I guess that's just always going to be open-ended now and, and kind of sure, okay. But, yeah, just the brutality of the way he just kills Jack. And I just, I do love the, um, the explosion on the camera. I think that just looks so fucking good. Um, the way they kind of do that. So very clever. Um, but yeah, this standoff between, I mean, again, like talking about the, how you're going to nitpick the top fives in this, I mean, this scene alone with Jesse with the gun and Walt and just kind of do it like, yeah, I want it. Like you could almost argue that's just in itself, just the, the look of helplessness on Aaron Paul's face, just the way he's doing that just looks so goddamn good. Like just amazing that these two kind of have this moment. Uh, I love the ringtone, the Lydia, 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 whatever it is. Like we didn't talk about the other week that um, Todd's science ringtone, the do no 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 science do no. Like he's such a guy that would have all those different ringtones. But I, I admit, I used to be that person. Like I would have the Imperial March theme if my parents called. Like um, if uh, my job at the time called, I had a really obnoxious work ringtone where I knew never to answer. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not coming in. Shut up. Um, so yeah, like I kind of like that and. One thing I'll say, uh, too, is just the, the makeup effects here uh, on Lydia just, like, looks so, like, wow, like, that's incredible. And, like, Laura Fraser does this really well. There's, like, that panic on her face, that one shot. It's kind of, it's almost disturbing knowing that she's, like, fuck, I'm going to die. Like, kind of just that look on her face, which got a question, though. Like, could she not just go to the hospital and be like, I've been poisoned with ricin. Can you help me out? Like, you know, so, like, if they ever do a, a sequel to Breaking Bad, I'm just saying this now. Lydia, not necessarily dead. You know, again, it's the old age well, old trouble. You, you do, to see you, a body. Yeah, well, you do get that in El Camino. Is that it is one of the things that's kind of left hanging here. But during El Camino, they talk about that. Um, you know, that somebody was has been poisoned by rice and then had been um, taken to the hospital and was um, not expected to survive. I think right. is the way they say okay. it. So um, yeah, again, again, you don't see a body, and it's not absolutely confirmed. But yeah, it's more or less confirmed. But yeah. y- you wonder if they do that deliberately, because like if even even El Camino, if they say it's not expected she will survive. Like, they could have easily just written that she's dead, right? So you wonder if they deliberately do that because they've got potential plans to use her again if they do something. That's that's, that's how I read into that because why not just write that she's dead? It's simple, you know? Like, that's all you need to do. Um, But, like, I love the little... Oh, one thing I'll say about Jack, I love Jack picks up a cigarette and lights a fucking cigarette and he's dying. Like, that's just... That's great. Um, And I guess we don't really need to eulogise Todd and Jack and Lydia really do we I mean they're not major characters but I mean Todd I like Todd creepy Todd uh Jesse Plemons is great Jack yeah you hate him but like the actor's great with him and and Lydia can't stand her but again Laura Harris does a good job um but yeah I love this moment the 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 driving off scene I remember watching this for the first time going like I love that kind of ending with Jesse of him like laughing in the car and just kind of like driving through in the El Camino we should point out this is why we're going to get El Camino in a couple of weeks because he's driving off in an El Camino but um I love the final scene like I just I just kind of love Walt you know sexually seductively touching his equipment um and then just just Baby blues. That was by a bad finger if people didn't know. And just even the way it opens up with the guess I got what I deserve. Like it's just kinda like, okay, 
poignant opening line. You wonder if, again, this is a Vince Gilligan thing where he knew this would always be the song to use in the end because, like, it's just, it's perfect. And even that the way it zooms up, it's kind of the opposite of Jesse floating up with drugs, isn't it? And just the way you see the cops come in and just, you know, Walt's dead. There it is. Like, that's the ending of the show. Walt dies, which I, I'm guessing is probably what everybody thought the ending would be, right? Um, And I'm fine with him dying, like, I think it's better than him getting arrested. Um, I think that, yeah, you could argue that we never get, um, you know, punishment or whatever. But, like, I mean, do we want him to be punished? Again, I've always said this is a guy who we're meant to hate at this point because he's such an evil prick, but we still like this guy. So as the main character of the show who's now the villain, I still think you kind of, like, he, he dies. Like, I mean, there's no worse punishment than death is there. And we kind of knew from episode one that he was going to die when he's got terminal cancer. So, yeah, I think it's good book ending. I think it's great. I, I I just think it's a great ending. Yeah, there are things you can nitpick here and there. Yeah, I've done that. But at the end of the day, I think it, it, it works perfectly. And I, I don't see how else you could have ended this show. I really, it's not one of these shows where I could be like, oh, you could have done this, you could have done that. No, I think that this is, this is the way to do it. I think it's... Um you know, for me, I think the the thing that people have maybe criticised is a it's too clean. You know, like Walt gets everything he wants, and you know, is that really the character that's been portrayed that we want to see him get everything he wants? But my argument there is that he actually doesn't get what he wants because he what he wanted is if you go back to our favourite episode, Fly. You know, like he talks about. You know, there was a moment there where he could have done what he needed to in terms of making money and still been loved by his family and he's lost his family you know like regardless of whether or not he makes that money um he's not getting his family back um and so i think you know that that major thing for him is gone um and so i i think to say that it's a really clean kind of ending and, and what gets everything he wants is, is not necessarily true i don't entirely agree with that um and yeah i i think probably that's the the, the main criticism that everyone has is that things just work out you know well for for him and you know, would it not have been more satisfying potentially to see him get what he deserves um in terms of being arrested but i don't think i would have wanted to see the show end with Walt going to prison i, I just yeah. i think that would have been uh, you know not very satisfying um and i think we kind of breaking bad does it very cleverly in that you actually kind of do get that ending in one sense as well you know and that you get you know we saw that a couple of episodes ago we saw him get arrested um and you know so we do get that kind of uh, that's your kind of fantasy fulfillment you get it um whereas you know like you also get this ending so i i think they kind of actually managed to do both in a, in a kind of weird way so i don't have any any issues at all with how the show ends. I think at the time people loved it. And I think it's one of those things where, you know, as, as time has gone on, people have found reasons to not absolutely love this. And I, it almost feels like it's just a bit of a, you know, like you, you, you're trying to be, um, you know, trying, trying to be cool basically by not liking the ending of Breaking Bad. Um, and it, there's nothing to not like here. You know, like you don't have yeah. to love it. You know, I think it's the most amazing thing ever. But I think it kind of, you know, everything that you could potentially hope for, I think you do get. So, yeah, I, 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 I'm incredibly satisfied with, with how this ends. I think it's, it, it feels right. It feels like the right ending to me. I, you know, I, I would have not, not have wanted something like, you know, he gets his $80 million and drives off into the sunset, that would have been terrible, you know? So mm. I think it, it did have to end with him dying or you know, something like he had to, had to feel the ramifications of his actions in the end. And, and, um, and, and, and he does. So yeah, I, I'm happy. Which I think, um, you know, I'm going to contradict myself a little bit here where I say like, Oh, what's happening with the money? Like, you know, but like, you're kind of right. Like 
you think about what happens to him, he, he doesn't get a happy ending in the slightest. Like, okay, he gets kind of what he wants in the end by dying and all that and killing these people. But, like, going back to my point about what happens to Skylar, Skylar's living a miserable life from this point on. His whole family are living a miserable life. Like, sure, they'll get some money from Gretchen and that, but you could probably even explain that as soon as they see that Walt's dead on the news, that maybe they don't go through with it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and kind of they, they don't buy into this whole assassin thing. Um, you know, he, he makes all this money, but he doesn't really have a way to give, give it to anyone. Hank's dead. Like Marie's life's been ruined. Jesse's life. I mean, I know we're going to get sort of some, uh, conclusion to him at the end of, uh, of El Camino, but I would still argue that Jesse's life is still pretty shit at the end of El Camino. So like he's kind of left a pretty big trail of destruction behind him and there's no real happy ending for it. Um, it's interesting reading here on the ringer, they're like right up of it. I'll just say quickly, they've ranked this at 19th Felina. Um, um, but they've, this I don't know if I fully agree with this. Uh, the show's losing attention to detail at the end of its run is disappointing, but where the finale fails is that Breaking Bad's big bads were neo-Nazis. A show dedicated to exploring morality's infinite shades of grey ended with Walter White gunning down the most black-and-white villain in American storytelling catalogue. That Walt kills a half a dozen people in the final ten minutes and we feel zero ambiguity is a real Felina plot twist. Like... I see what they're saying. Like, I've kind of questioned, like, oh, let's just make these evil guys Nazis, sure. But, I mean, I think kind of just it's an overarching thing where it makes sense, where he wants to kind of go out and, like, you would feel so dissatisfied if these guys didn't die and Walt didn't get revenge on what they did for them, you know? Like, I mean, it kind of goes back to what I said about Gus last season. Like, you know, do you really think he would be that careless to go out that way? Well, people make mistakes. People happen. No one's fully perfect. And I think kind of, you know, it. why not? I don't, like... Yeah, I see what they're trying to say. Like, maybe the big bad should have been Gus. And again, I said last season, I would have been okay with Face-Off being the finale of Breaking Bad. I think that would have been a great ending to Breaking Bad. But I still think this works. And I still think that, yeah, I kind of want you to go out on a bang like this and works for me. It's interesting because I think that kind of misses the point a little bit and that the big bad or villain of of the final season of Breaking Bad is Walt. Is Walt. Like that, and, that's, and that's the whole thing of like actually, yeah, like the, the um, you know, Jack's gang, the Nazis are there as a, a, a plot, contri- well, not contrivance, they're, they're, you know, they're a plot feature, aren't they? Like they, they are there to move the plot forward. They're not necessarily, I don't think, villains as such. I think they are just there to move the story along. Like I, it's really funny, like, you know, like I, I find obviously Todd and Jack to, be you know i don't like them as characters but um i I don't hate them like i'm not desperate to see them be killed at the end of this i'm not desperate to see them get what's coming to them um you know because i think actually their actions in in ozymandias i i kind of don't really i don't really blame them for those actions and want them want revenge for Mm. those actions because Mm -hmm. those actions were caused by walt and you know so actually walt is the villain of the show um and you know and and right at the end here i think he's trying to atone for some of the mistakes he's made um but you know there there is no bringing Walt. uh, there is no bringing hank back you know like there are mistakes that he's made that can't be undone. Um, and so he's just trying to make the best of, of what's left. So it, it's really interesting to me that you kind of see Jack, Jack is just a, a, a plot piece. He's not a, he's not a villain. That would be my perspective on it. That's a good point. Yeah. I like that. And yeah, you're right. Walt is the big bad of this season. So 
Yeah. Well, but that I was mean, the like, whole thing. I mean, that was, to yeah. me, that was the real hook for season five was like, actually, you know, we had this, you know, Gus was our big villain and he dies. And it's like, well, where do you take the show next? And actually it's like, well, you turn your hero fully into a villain. I mean, he was already there, but you know, like you turn him into the main villain and like, what does a show look like where the character we're following is actually the bad guy? Mm. Um, and, and that's, so I think that's always been the hook for me for season five. And, you know, like I think, we, you know, we're obviously going to talk about it next week in terms of where we rank this, you know, around other seasons. But that's what's going to mean that season five is really high for me is because it it takes a big swing. It, it takes a real big risk of, of doing something that not many TV shows have ever really tried to do, which is tell the story from the perspective of the villain. Um, yeah. And, and I, I really enjoy that. Yeah, I agree. And I think it, I mean... I'm going to assume where you're going to put this season next week because I'm going to assume in just a moment you're going to have your Mr. 100%. But, um, yeah, it is it's it is a great point. And, like, I mean, I know you've got lots of anti-hero shows out there. This is an original. Um, you know, Sopranos probably was the first real one to do it. And then, obviously, you know, Dexter came along and so many shows do it. But, um, I mean, this is maybe the most uh, prominent one possibly out there. Not to take away from the Sopranos and, and Dexter, but, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was definitely a, um, you know, something you saw a little bit around this time. Um, but I, I do think kind of like what makes us different is that I think, you know, what starts in a place of being a sympathetic kind of not hero as such, but somebody that you have real sympathies for that I think a lot of us could probably relate to in terms of somebody who's struggling and, you know, has not has not met their potential. Um, and, you know, so I think that's kind of what I like about this is that it actually takes a character that we liked. And I think everybody asks themselves, at what point did you turn on Walt as an audience? And, you know, I think that that's what makes us really different, which I, I really, really like. So, yeah, it's great. I mean, I think um, we can probably move talking a little bit about some of the trivia and, and there's lots of it obviously for this episode just in this final scene there's a couple that i really like which is um that um the scene where jesse kind of leaves and you see him kind of um you know back up the car and and kind of um you know steer it around walt that was a, a stunt driver did that um but it was actually brian cranston standing there kind of having this car driven around him which is pretty cool and um, when he's in the the lab um when he kind of taps on the dial and it says weiss i think it says um that's german for white um uh, which was yeah. i think a bit of a coincidence incidents more than anything else and um yeah i think when he has that kind of last you know look at the um at one of the tanks and you see him kind of put his hand on it when before he falls and as he falls the blood creates a w um for walter white um with his hand which is quite cool but as he's kind of looking at his reflection kind of weirdly kind of looks like the heisenberg Walt. it looks like bald Walt with with um a goatee it's kind of i'm not quite sure how they do it they distort the kind of figure but it's really quite cool and um i like the other thing too of um you know like he is dressed in this scene as he was at the start of the show you know so he kind of begins and ends in the same kind of clothing choice and you know we've talked a lot about clothing and colors and things like that so it's interesting that they kind of start and finish him in the same way yeah i um i didn't notice that w um bit until i just read that trivia there but um, yeah, that's cool with sort of Brian Cranston being there in the um, still standing there on the, uh, the the bit with the stunt driver. I like um, you. You talked about Huel. Uh, I don't know if you read the uh, the trivia fact here about some fans still joke about whether or not Huel is still sitting in the safe house. Uh, for Hank never told the safe house it was safe for him to leave. Funny or Die even made a video parodying this, which I would like to see. But uh, Vince Gilligan apparently said that Huel was let out. Once uh, Agent Van Oster found out that Hank and Gomez had died, um, so yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, Walt's last word is Lydia. There you go. <laughs> uh, there's a trivia fact for you if you've got a trivia night. Um, 
And actually, me saying you wonder if Vince Gilligan chose Baby Blue from the beginning, um, he he didn't. Vince Gilligan apparently didn't get to almost didn't get to use it. Uh, but the music supervisor said it was the best choice in the end. Uh, and here we go. Yeah, to, to, in the 9,000% increase in streams and more than 5,000 <laughs> iTunes sales the night Flynn aired, putting it in the top 20 iTunes songs 40 years after it was initially released. There you go. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I think the the, um, the Baby Blue song is really interesting because I think in the commentary, um, Vince Gilligan talks about it almost being like a song of triumph, you know, like, an, and, you know, we just talked about it, you know, is Walt the good is this a good ending bad ending for him and you know like when he's in that lab it's kind of like that moment with you know the thing he loves the most and so he has this final little triumphant moment where he's done what he set out to do um both in terms of getting that money to his family but also killing the um the gang so it's, it's kind of like yeah I, I do get that kind of triumphant moment it is a bit of a kind of upbeat song in terms of its um yeah, maybe not the vocals and stuff but in terms of the um the cadence of the song and you know like it is kind of an upbeat like kind of fun song um and they could have easily done something that was a bit more downbeat that probably would have been most people's you know um maybe instinct to do yeah yeah exactly but it's 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 perfect i mean it is definitely one of those songs like that and bonfire that i think whenever i watch this show i um go back and listen to it on the soundtrack you know crystal blue persuasion like just like songs like that where you just kind of you listen to and you're like ah yeah like it, it it's perfect it works really well I think the other thing too is that we didn't mention it during the um, the Walt Skyler scene, but there's this great shot of kind of you can see um, Skyler's reflection in the microwave. Oh yeah, and, I, I um, like that shot. That looks awesome. Yeah, and and Vince Gilligan said that when he was kind of in the editing bay, and they said, "Oh, that's a great shot. That's so cool that you got that." And he had to admit it was a complete fluke. He didn't intend <laughs> on getting that shot at all. It just kind of happened. So yeah, I think one thing I love about Vince Gilligan is that he's pretty honest when he when things happen by mistake. He doesn't try and take credit for things um, that you know have have. have literally been a mistake so i do like that i'm not that way i mean the oz network's a mistake in general but i think it's a great show and here we are talking about it so yeah that's <laughs> good um i mean if you don't have any other um any other um trivia that you want to bring up we can probably move into our ratings here um so you know i mean yeah it's a buy from me so it's a, it's a clean sweep oh, uh, i don't think that, that was ding, ever ding, ding. I don't think that was ever in doubt, really. I think for me, it's like, where do I put this? And um, I mean, maybe I'm a bit swept up in it being the final episode or whatever, but I, I really do like this episode. It, it's, um, it, I think I'm a bit of a sucker for, for episodes that have long scenes. You know, I think you can really get into them without cutting away and, and things like that. And um, yeah, I think just that, it, I think it gets extra credit for sticking the landing. You know, and other episodes don't have the kind of pressure on them that this one does. Um, and so I think for that, and, and I, you know, I do, I do like it. We talk about that whole thing about would you just flick on an episode i would just flick on felina and watch it you know it's fun to kind of go back and remind yourself how this ended um see some great acting performances so um, i've got it at eight um so it's in my top 10 and um i know that you like last week's episode more um i I love last week's episode too but i just i did the actual feat of being able to just you know finish the show on the kind of high that it does means that i give it a lot of credit as well as genuinely enjoying watching the show as well. So, yeah, it's 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 a buy. It's in my top 10. Um, yeah, great episode. Where do you have Pilot? I have Pilot at 12. So you've got this better than Pilot. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and congratulations, Nick. Perfect season. Welcome to the club. Uh, yours is a little bit uh, bigger than mine. <laughs> Hear that? Um, but uh, <laughs> 27 in a row you ended out on. 
So, um, I mean, if we ever get to Bra- uh, Better Call Soul, no pressure then on the, you know, see how long you can go. Like, I, I know that doesn't <laughs> yeah. count a different show, but, um, you know, good job. Um, yeah, it's a buy from me. Of course it is. Um, yeah, and, like, I just kind of looked at my rankings and it was like, you know, like, I looked at this and I'm like, well, to me it is a top ten episode. I can't not put it in the top ten because I like the ending and just like how I will say a pilot maybe gets a little bit more weight on it, uh, as does a finale, you know, it kind of adds a little bit extra to it. Um so I've snuck this into the top 10 at 10. <laughs> so by doing this, poor old season three is the only season that will not get an episode in the top 10 because Full Measure now gets bumped down to 11. But I've got this uh, just below Hermanos and just above Full Measure. So two spots below Granite State, and I've got it three spots below <coughs> Pilot. So I've got Pilot uh, three spots higher than the finale. So I'm not sure if that's a well agreed on opinion or a controversial one but well, it's um, interesting yeah because i think yeah i've got you know the minor within four of each other as well which is quite nice you know kind of like that they are kind of in that same kind of category i think um yeah i just i just think that um yeah i mean it's just it's, it's it depends on how you judge things right like i think from memory i had the the pilot of nip tuck very high um so yeah like i think it's just Maybe it just takes you back to when you first watch the show and it sells you on that show. And you're like, okay, I want more now. Whereas, like, yeah. the finale still, like, it leaves a great tasting mouth. But, like, I don't know if I would ever rank a finale of a TV show as the best episode or that high. Like, I was, um, I mean, I, I liked Smallville. I kind of was more of a casual Smallville viewer. Like, I watched every single episode, but I couldn't tell you what happened in 90% of the episodes. You know, they all gel into each other. But I always remember Smallville being, a to me, a satisfying ending and, I see a lot of people bagging out the ending of Smallville, but like when you literally are ending Smallville with him finally putting on the suit and the cape and hearing the Superman theme by John Williams and he flies off into space, that's a pretty fucking good feeling of the way they end that movie. Like, come on. Um, So, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the end of Smallville. But, um, yeah, so like top 10 for me, snuck it in just at number 10. Cool. Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, to me, it's uh, when I look at my top 10, it's like I've got two from season three, and one from season one. And so four, four and five make up 70% of my top 10, which probably says it all really. Um, yeah. And I've similar, I've got, um, it's all season four and season five episodes. Except I've got one season two and one season one episode and the rest is season four and season five. So yeah, no season three for me, but then top 20 gets spread out a little bit more, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so one thing I wanted to just ask before we kind of close this, because we're obviously going to head into doing a season recap next before we do a series recap. And we've obviously got a, uh, a movie in there that we need to review as well. But um, for you, if this was a, if we were talking, you know, about season five being, you know, like the two A and B being different seasons, kind of where do you think you would rank, you know, season five A, season five B and season four? Because I think probably it's not much of a spoiler that that you know, four and five are probably going to be our top two. It's just in what order they go in. Um, mm. Well, certainly for me, I don't know if that's true for you. Like I was thinking that probably if, if I was ranking them, I'd probably have five B would be number one, four would be two, and then five A would be number three, which makes next week really interesting because it's like, you know, does the good of the, of the second half of the season outweigh the stuff that, and I, you know, I've, I've bought them all. So I obviously like them, but you know, they're maybe not as, as quite compelling stuff in the first half. So, um, but yeah, for me, I think that the second half of season five is so good that it would definitely be number one if I was ranking them in that way. Yeah, I mean, I bought the last, I'm on a streak. I bought the last 10 episodes. I mean, if we were doing this by halves, I would have had a perfect season for the second half of this season. So yeah, I, I would probably, 
Yeah, I'd probably agree with you. I would say that probably 5B, 4, then 5A. Because, um, I mean, I only rented one episode in season four. I bought everything else. Whereas I rented two episodes in the opening half of this season. So, um, yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's a good way of ranking it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's interesting on Breaking Bad Wiki, they literally have them into separate halves. They don't combine it all in one, which is important, actually, when it comes to the main cast because it's something we'll talk about next week, which I've never realised about the main cast, that the main cast is different in part two. So um, right. there's a thing to kind of point out. But, um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I think 5B, 4, then 5A would be my yeah. rankings if we were yeah. doing it that way. Yep. Well, it's pretty crazy to say, but we've actually wrapped on on the episodes themselves. So, as I said, we've got a little bit of work ahead of us still in terms of uh, a season ranking, um, El Camino, and uh, uh, season wrap-up, sorry, El Camino, and then an overall series wrap-up. So, still a, a few Breaking Bad uh, episodes still coming your way, but uh, it's, um, it's a pretty surreal feeling to have got through this entire thing already. So, um, yeah, it's been great bringing this one to you, um, you know, um, really hope you've enjoyed uh, what we've done so far um, yeah make sure you're giving us a like and a follow on all the usual spaces um, become a patron if that's your thing and check out what else we've got going on on uh, the Oz Network there's always something fun happening there whether it's uh, 24 or movie reviews or, or whatever we've got happening so um, yeah really encourage you to check that out but uh, it's been a lot of fun bringing this one to you um, crazy to think that Felina's in the books uh, can't believe it but um, my name's Nick and um, I podcasted for me I liked it I was good at it well if one person on this show is uh my name is ben and i really like your hats thanks for downloading this episode of the oz network make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher google Podcasts, or by copying our rss feed into your preferred podcast provider and while you're there please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.